That's funny, Dan. Little knives. You okay? Yeah, just moving some that, things around. Is that your mints? No, that was the USB uh, aluminum keyboard. Aluminum, as you say. I my, my desk is so crowded right now. Pictures? Any pictures? Any new pictures? I've got... Oh, sure. You want a picture? Go I've ahead. got I've got four Jean Greys, two keyboards, SodaStream, two coffees, some medicine, an iPhone. Oh, it reminds me, i got to take this out. I got that nice notebook Squarespace sent me. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about um, trying to learn to draw again. And so, so uh, uh, I might use that as my, as my sketchbook where I learn how to draw, what have you. But it's hard. I'm not very good at drawing. I'm not very good at drawing. I'm not very good at, uh, I'm not very good at so many things. I'm really, whatever the opposite of a polymath, I guess a poly-English. I, I, mm, 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 What does mm. that mean? What's that? Which poly- part? Poly. Oh, I don't know. Whatever the opposite of a polymath, a monomath. What does that mean though? What does a polymath mean? Yeah. You kidding me? It's my understanding that a polymath, go ahead, you're searching. I know you're searching. No, Maybe I'm not. Five. I'm really not. I'm nowhere near. That's happened in the aluminum at all? What about the chamfers? Did you uh, finger your chamfer? I'm not. These are new terms to me. Mm-hmm. Are, are you having a stroke right now, Dan? Are you okay? A polymath is I'm somebody. Fine. I'm just getting organized here. Are you, not, are you, are you an autodidact? <laughs> I'm, it's my understanding that a poly, polymath is, is somebody who knows uh, a lot or a little about lots of things. A sealist or a dilettante is somebody who seems to know a lot Wait about a minute. something. Isn't that someone who wins like a, like wins the, the night, like she's a teenager, she wins some wins, kind wins. of, like, hmm. like a bet at a ball or something, a debutante? Oh, <laughs> you're saying, you're saying that the, the dilettante, the sealist is the one who wins the ball. That's the lady who wins the ball. What is, okay. it, what is that? What is the definition? I'm, I'm new to this. I'm not even sure if I'm on the right show right now. Um, uh, you know, a dilettante, you know, that theme. Term. Okay. It's a, it's a girl, a young lady from an aristocratic or upper class has reached the age of maturity, mm-hmm. introduced into society, a formal debut presentation. Yes. You can have a coming out party. You can have a, Putting what's it called? A contensiera. They have those down in, uh, in Brazil. You know, like when you turn 15, they give you a big party, big party. Hmm. Um, so yeah, there's lots I don't know. You're gonna boy, you're gonna learn how much I don't know about stuff today, my friend. Why? Spades. You mean on the, the latest episode of the other that show you do, the other one? I just don't understand. I, I just I feel like I feel like that lady that's tied to the board and just throwing knives at me. Why? So I'm, I'm I love the show. I think it's really great. Thank you. No, I'm, uh, getting, yeah, I, I'm getting into it. Like I'm becoming you remember how when how I used to be sl- I used, slow burn, slow burn. I used to be a big fan of yours. hmm I remember that. Oh, and, before uh, we started the show. Well, yeah, that's when you used to be Merlin Mann. I remember that. I had and, glasses. Yeah, you had glasses. You used to do jokes. You were in airports. Salad Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And then you fell away from that once we had to work together on a weekly basis, which is totally understandable. Well, then I, then I began to, you know, although I was still learning from you and subservient in most ways, uh, I, I felt like we were colleagues. And now that I'm listening to this other show that you do, I'm I'm back into, like, I feel like I'm back in a fan mode again with you. It's like, like I dressed up, it's like kind of like it's still me, but like now I'm dressed like a French maid again. Yeah. Okay. Like this stuff you, you know, you, you used to do it when you were single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when I was still trying to get you on the line, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you for listening. But I dig it's, it. Uh, I mean, I dig it. I feel like I've got, you know, like, I feel like the other... I, 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 the other side of the coin, you know, here's what it's like. You remember when you were a kid and you get to go with, to your parents to like the, the parents office or something. 
Oh yeah. So sure. like I went with my dad to his, to his office and it was like, you see this whole other like aspect of, of their life. Like they do this stuff, like when they leave and come back, like this is where they go. And you see, this is how I feel like now that I'm listening to this other show, I feel like the, the circle of life is complete. Akuna Matata. It's like one day a year, they seem uh, competent yeah. and, and respected for some reason. Right. Or like you see your fourth grade teacher at the grocery store. Oh, I hate that. Oh. It freaks me out. And when you're like me and you got a head for faces, man, I'm always seeing people and it totally throws me off. And it makes me realize how deeply, deeply self-involved I am, Dan. Because if I see somebody from Walgreens at Safeway or if I see somebody from Safeway at Walgreens, I'm completely thrown for a loop. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I'm having that capgrass syndrome or something. I've, I'm having the thing where you think everybody's like a, like a robot or something. Yeah. Or, you know, so, oh, there's different flavors. There's another one I was reading where you, you think that you yourself are, ha, have died. Oh God. That's yes. awful. It's really like the, weird. The zombies cucumber. That's yeah. awful. It's it, you, you yourself have died and you typically, this comes along with hallucinations that you have like no teeth or hair anymore. Um, and yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Wow. 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 <sighs> I, you know, there's sometimes I just don't even want to explore the pathologies. You know, I heard something, uh, turns out, I heard something the other day that says it was some statistic that up to one third of everyone who's been on the internet has looked up a disease. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've spent like three days like trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Right. Headache, check. Nausea, check. Confusion, check. Right. Fugue state, check, check, check. One day I want to do a whole show. Apparently those getting things done episodes, we were going over some That's private. in my FU. This is in my FU. Privately going over some of private Racking numbers. Racking up numbers, Dan Benjamin. Racking However, up num- I think that the upcoming show that you've promised on the fugue state mm-hmm. and, and your fugue state, the six months you spent in a fugue state will be <laughs> even better when you're on the ship. We'll, we'll do, it when I come, do it when I come back. All right. Yeah. I don't know because no, about- it's still happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that I woke. I only got four hours of sleep last night. Why? And- Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. It's not what? good. It's it's everybody in the house has a problem right now. My uh, my my wife and how my do dog- you know? I mean, I, you're you can't see what's going on in my house. <laughs> Man. This oh, you mean your like house? A- this is going to be like that movie I didn't see, right? Where it's, it gets all meta. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep up with you. It's like, um, yeah, like the, uh, like the uh, Malkovich or the, uh, that movie, not Avatar. What's the other one I didn't see? Inception, right? Inception? You Inception. haven't seen Inception? Mm-mm. I, An idea is a powerful thing, my friend. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Okay. Um, I, uh, my, my uh, what doesn't, it's personal, but you know, you get, it's that time of year. And, and uh, fortunately, you know, we haven't gotten the flu thing, but you know, it's weird. My, Sometimes, you know, there's those coals that just like stick around forever. Yes. And, and both my ladies have, uh, uh, my, my very special lady friends both have like that ongoing thing. And I, again, for some reason, I have these crazy allergies and I, I just couldn't sleep. Everybody's making hacking noises. So, you know, I went in another room. I listened to, this, to the Super Gods uh, book on tape and uh, I laid there and I was thinking, I was wondering if this whole comic thing that I'm going through might be... It certainly could be seen as a flavor of midlife. Crisis. I was going to say really benign. Let's be honest, but um, <laughs> I mean, compared to other ones, right? Well, I'm, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll come back to that. But but uh, I wonder Tungle if this that. could be. A, oh, mm, I wonder if it's the, this is my version of a panel by panel fugue state. Have you thought about that? Well, I'm not looking at what's in the gutter. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Hmm. 
That's what Superman do did. You, the real question is, if you're yes. in a fugue state, do you know that you're in a fugue state? See, I don't know. My sense is that you probably would not. But it seems like if you knew you were in a fugue state, then you'd just be in a state. Right? Well, like, I, I mean, if someone I'm were to look it up, I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to type. If someone were to point it out to you, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, Merlin, I think you might be in a fugue state. Would that snap you out of the fugue state or would you deny it, just instantaneously deny it? Oh, it's like how you shouldn't wake wake up somebody who's sleepwalking. Who's sleepwalking, yeah. Fuguewalking. Right, right, right. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I'm going to find out for our episode on the fugue state that we'll do when I return. There's also, you got manias. Sometimes you have, people have manias where they go into this, uh, we've talked about this, about there's people who, you know, have, have the bipolar and will sometimes uh, go into a state where they just like, I don't know if it's a fugue state, but where you just go disappear and do some monkey ball stuff. for Right, like you, you, you clean your neighbor's apartment while they're asleep without them knowing you're there. Like I wish someone would do that for me. Not our neighbors. Um, probably sell everything for weed. But but the uh, but I'd like somebody to come in and do that. Like the, you think about the, sh- the shoemaker's elves. Is that what you're thinking of? The shoemaker's the elves have shoemaker? no shoes. The shoemaker's elves have no shoes. That's right. They're called cobblers. They uh, make shoes out of peaches. So, uh, <laughs> do you think this is what people tune in for? This is. Okay, we have a little bit of. Uh, oh, I didn't ask you. How was your week? Good week. Big week. Huge. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Oh, hi. I was ready. I had my hand over the button. I heard, I was listening to The Incomparable and somebody, another podcast on the 5x5 network, and somebody on there had a bell. I can't tell who, but somebody hit a bell. Guess in Fleischman. They were talking about hobbits and stuff. Now, the the bell started, I believe the bell started here with that little Liberty Bell that I had, which I was supposed to ring when you went into too much of a digression until we realized that that was the show. That's funny, Dan. Little knives. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I don't know what. Mm-hmm. No, nobody. Not even the rain has such little such knives. small knives. Yeah. But you, but you, I think are in some a kind of sweet and really. Uh, you're uh, sweet. You're sweet. Okay, thank you. I think your fugue state is very <laughs> functional. Yeah, I think it's, it's working for you. I wonder how okay. long it will last. Okay, I'm literally diarying this. I had to add that today. I, I had to add diary. I made a, made a phone date, a man call date with somebody, and I had to actually add the word diary to my dictionary. I can't believe it wasn't in there. That's weird. It's weird. I, um, uh, what was my point? Oh, know. yeah. So you had the bell. You teased me with the bell in S1E2. But uh, John Roderick has, amongst his mini collections, uh, mostly he has brass candlesticks and globes. He has cowboy boots and hats. And he has a very, very, very extensive collection of bells. And so he started ringing a bell. And I thought, you know what? I need a bell. And I went and I got a bell. I never looked back. Never looked back. I like the mute. You have got a mute on it. Do you have, is it like one of those foot pedals that mutes it? Yeah, yeah. I have, I have a foot pedal and I also stuff a pillow in it. Now, now John Bonham, he would put uh, aluminum foil or as you say, aluminum, aluminum foil yeah. inside of his bass bell. For what? <clears throat> go look it up. Go search, uh, go search out the Vista. Go look for John Bonham foil. That sounds like that sounds like one of those uh, people with thin blood in the British aristocracy. <laughs> Introducing okay. Sir John Bonham Foil. This is absolutely not what people tune in for, Dan. We got we got a lot we got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover today. Um, just as the because uh, this is the getting things done episode number four. I want to rack up those numbers, buddy. Seriously, like you blew my mind. Wow. We don't talk about numbers. Can I tell you something, Dan, about this show? Okay. Uh, yes. Here's the thing about this show. If people want to, people would would like to sponsor the show. We don't mention this on the program, but you know what? We never ever sell on 
one word, numbers. Mm-hmm. And so we don't even mention it to people because mm-hmm. it, they're pretty good. But we don't mention that because that's not the kind of folks we want in here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We want somebody here who wants to be here. You know, maybe possibly somebody in a fugue state with a uh, <laughs> MX Black. You know? Yeah. Hawkeye, that, that's like the, Johnny Walker Black. You know, Hawk, Hawkeye had one of those. Hawkeye Pierce? Yep, Hawkeye. Um, Shield gave it to him. So anyway, uh, today we are in a moment going to talk about the beginning of our new summer crossover series on what I'm calling, for lack of a better phrase, modern media management and how we deal with all of the stuff that we've got. And uh, I've got way too many notes, so you're probably going to notice some outline talk. We had a lot of, oh, I like when you do that. We had a lot of questions come in on this. Well, do you have any you want to throw out? I mean, I can, t- I can tell you what I'm planning. I also do, I do have some FU that we should cover. Quick cover our FU just real quickly? Yeah, go ahead, Colin. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. First time follow-upper. Um, first, it must, be, uh, it must be said, I'm so excited about this. This is called cross-promotion, crossover cross-promotion. We are recording an episode, unless you're, unless you're going into a fugue state after this. Uh, or, By you, or perhaps, do you mean me or the audience? Which one am I? I just mean, <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know if you will be available in any sense of the word, but... Um, <laughs> beat you to it. I beat you to it. It's all about the feel. You want it. It has to feel right. What is fugue state? Oh, see, that would make sense because Fleischman was on the Jeopardy. Right. It would totally make sense if he had a bell. He's probably got a compulsion. He might have a fugue bell. He mm-hmm. can't stop dinging. Can't stop dinging. I was up singing. At, uh, so we're today going to do a uh, episode of the 5x5 program, The Crossover, featuring Jim the Beard, Dalrymple, and, and you and me. Yes, we're still doing that, right? I would love to do that. Yes, and, let's do it. And I am, to quote the Deleton, super pumped about this. Uh, I was a little pumped, but then I didn't get much sleep. I had some coffee, and now I'm super pumped. And that's at 4 Eastern time, which I think is like 1025 uh, Pacific time. Anyway, 4 Eastern, you can listen here, 5by5.tv slash live. I don't know what we'll talk about. I had some ideas, but I'm very excited. There's guitars. There's mm-hmm. independent publishing. Uh, you know, try, trying to make money with stuff that some people want and others could care less about. Uh, guitars. Um, Apple, we should avoid Apple, guitars. I want to hear more about like guitar players he's met. He's met a lot of them. Yeah. I really like that guy a lot. I'm glad he's putting up with this and doing the show. I'm super excited. Me too. So please listen to that, you guys, either live or, um, or in the recorded, uh, archival format. Mm-hmm. Did you hear item two? Um, <laughs> sound like Paul Harvey. Mailocks. Did you hear the, um, <laughs> the eight bit version of our theme song? I loved it. And I'm all set up. Okay, hold on. Oh, you got it? Okay, it's by Slash Ram. <clears throat> Thank you, Slash Ram. Via the great Pokemon Tumblr, uh, 8-bit version of Bacon Ray's Plika Plika. The yeah, theme song. I was going to say, this This is the theme song, but don't shortchange yourself. This is something that you did as part of your earlier was, career uh, in music. Well, it was, mo- it was mostly written by um, my friend Jason, who was um, also known as The Prince, uh, wrote, wrote that, and that was on our first 7-inch in 1995. All right, and, you ready uh, to play it? Let's, let's play it. That's great. That's the best. Can you play the whole thing? Well, why not? Hmm. Are they going to sue us? We can talk over it if you want. 
I like this part. That part right there makes you want to jump over something and hit hit something else with a hammer. <laughs> Doesn't make you want to hit someone with a hammer. The whole anything you do does. Boop. You hammer. That, that gives them the flavor, Dan. That's pretty good. It's called sampling. Yeah, I love this. All right. Okay. It's so anyway, good. That is so great. And thank you to Slash Ram. Um, for doing that, which I think might be a certain kind of erotic fiction about male sheep slash ram. And that's via Pokemon, uh, the 8-bit Merlin and Dan site on Tumblr, which is very fun. And uh, that will be in show notes. I think it might already be in show notes for this episode. Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Um, Where would people who are so inclined go to find the show notes for episode 103 of Back to Work. Ah, they would go to 5by5.tv slash B as in boy, 2 as in the number, W as in waxing. Uh, slash 103. <laughs> Waxing and waning. Yeah, that's a, that's a Cocteau Twins song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they might use an elf language too. Are you behind this Pokemon? Yeah, I'm behind everything, Dan. Pokemon. I'm behind everything. I'm just dodging little knives. Did you see the Bulba Man? Oh, oh, on the page? Yeah. See, I don't understand video games, but, but now is that is I recognize Pokemon is a card game that children used to play, and uh, you collect them, and you gotta <clears throat> get them, catch them all. Okay, you gotta find them all. Them all. Yeah. You gotta find all the Pokemon, and then uh, Bulba Man. What is is that? Some kind of a Chimera? What is that? I look like Beast a little bit. Oh, you know what? I just found out who's behind this thing. Who? Dented me. Mm, can I say who you are? Because he's he's IMing me right now. Okay. If he says well, yes, then I'll say who he is. Well, but you know, people like to keep their privacy. He's very private. into Minecraft. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. That's a video game. Uh, yes. I got that reference. Okay. It's uh, Joseph Rooks. Ah, uh, Joseph Rooks. The guy that, is that the guy from Minecraft? He, that, he plays that's in. That's different from Wizard of Warcraft, right? Have you been to the Minecraft world? <laughs> um, the one, the R's, the five by five one? Um, wow! I had an Atari Twenty Six Hundred when I was a child. Is that almost the same thing? The graphics yeah. are the same. Then later, I think they had a Fifty Two Hundred, and then they had the Fifty Two Hundred One Cleric. <laughs> I uh, I don't really. <laughs> He's got the no video no podium anymore. No recourse. He's very relaxed on the other shows. He was on the Elf Show, mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, talking about the Elf movie and Hell's Dominion and the the map to Gandalf, and uh, they were talking Elf. Mm-hmm. See, now I'm just, I'm after those guys, freaking hammer and tongs, because they won't have me on their program. Do you know how many things I could talk about on their program? Oh, they, right, don't, all, they don't want to go like them. you on there. No, I know. I mean, um, that, anyway, I, I do, but they don't. Yeah, well, it's their show. I, um, <clears throat> I, I just want to say thank you to, to, uh, to the folks who put that up. We don't have time to talk about it. supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. 5 by 5 and back to work. We don't really have time to talk about anything else. I was going to say, uh, I'm probably going to do that Uncanny X-Men thing we talked about. I'm excited about that. I haven't told you about that yet, but I'm going to do that. If you want, I would like that. I've gotten good responses from people. The idea of doing that. Uh, we talked, yeah, this is from Back to Work, or from Back to Work After Dark last time. We should talk about it After Dark for this episode. Uh, the two comics I was going to pick this week, Transmetropolitan, which I'm finally reading, and Animal Man, which I'm finally reading. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so we should probably move on. I, I don't want to make people mad with the comic stuff. You know, I don't want to provoke them. So, but Transmetropolitan, boy, I see why people like that. You read, read that read that comic? No, 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 no. Mm. Not your uh, not your cup of fugue. 
You like that Hunter S. Thompson? You're always going on about Hunter S. Thompson. You, I think if you enjoy Hunter S. Thompson, you would enjoy this. Uh, Why is he in it? Did he write it? Well, Spider Jerusalem is very, I would have to say, very heavily influenced by. See, I'm not going to talk. See, you get people mad mm-hmm. when you talk about comics everybody likes. But I, I mean, to me, it's like, do you ever read that Watchmen comic? Of course. You're familiar with that? Yes. I think it's C. Okay. You, um, in that Watchmen comic, you know, it's like every panel of that, there's stuff. Like, you, there's so much stuff in every panel. And, you know, if you read the history of, of Watchmen, I mean, I guess Alan Moore, right, is the writer? Like, he would throw the artist these ideas, and then, like, all this stuff would show up. And according, I think, according to Alan Moore, he, he kept finding stuff in there that, like, he didn't even know was in there. It's beautiful. Transmetropolitan is, like, that to the third power, maybe. I'll check like, it out. Yeah, it's pretty good and well-known. But it's, uh, I see why people like it. It's really fun. And, and what's neat about it is uh, that I, one reason, another reason I can recommend it, in addition to it being great, uh, Warren Ellis and... Oh, I'm going to yell that. I don't have it in front of me, the other guy. Um, is that it, uh, you know what I love about it is that um, it, it has a, a big arc, but also each um, issue, it, you know, I've got, I bought <laughs> several TPBs, but each issue uh, for the most part is also its own thing, which I love. I love that, you know, you get so sick of all that, like, oh, now I've got to go read this other thing. Like it's all self-contained. So that's all. An Animal Man, awesome. So that's really it. That's it for follow-up. Um, did you have anything else for follow up? No, 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 no. Good to go. Okay. Um, so I guess we can talk about, uh, media management. iTunes. This is the specific topic of the day, I think, right? Yeah. You know, the other thing that people wanted that I had actually thought of, and and this is totally weird and a field for what we normally do, but more than one person, uh, for those, those productivity, getting things done episodes, Several people have requested, is there, is there any way that we might ever release, lop off the really fun part and then um, just leave in all the helpful stuff and put that together as one episode? I don't know if there's any benefit in that. But, we do it. You know, I mean, we could do that. Just an idea. All right. Yeah. We could also break it into five parts, make it easier to listen to. I okay. Guess. Let's do that. Let's do this. Let's cut off. Let's, let's leave in the, uh, the fun parts plus the productivity and we'll just re-release it as five episodes. All right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like Star Wars. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll fix some of the shadows that disappear. We'll add some extra weapons in, the, uh, in that little tent Obi-Wan Kenobi lives in. Stormtrooper hits his head. I made my daughter watch three YouTube videos on Star Wars continuity errors. And oh, she I, I have a question about, about you and your daughter. Yes. And about mm. how you've, you're trying to force her to be a boy, but we can say that for the after dark. No, that's, fail, that's failing utterly. She, uh, she's... No, not failing. First of all, A, I, I, I never really, never did that. But B, she's, <laughs> she's having lots of girl fun now alongside her primarily boy fun. It's awesome. This is okay. nobody's business, but go ahead. Please ask your question. No, it's, are you uh, trying to force, are you going to force, are you going to force MJ into that same path? Uh, no, no. Cause I have, I have cash doing it. By the way, I have to follow up about that. Is that? Oh yeah. Sorry. This is just stuff for, so people know. Uh, Dan has been severely disappointed in his family, primarily because he <laughs> never got to call his son, officially call his son cash. Right. And it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a bee in your bonnet, if I may say. Well, I, I had a name all picked out, Cash Benjamin. And my wife said, <laughs> my wife said, no, she said, we can't name yeah. him cash. I said, why? And she, she said, well, you know, that's just, that's not going to go over well. And I said, you're telling me that if you name a kid cash, first of all, Every guy that meets him is going to say, damn, I wish my name was Cash. And every girl that meets him is going to be like, wow, nice, nice. 
And she said, well, I'm not, I'm not so sure. So she, we picked a different name. Yeah. But I told him after last week's show, I finally got the courage, or as you would say, gumption Mm. to say to, to to say, so I went to him, I said, Hey, I said, no, you're five now. It's time for you to get a big boy name. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, it is time. Like he's already like, he's ready. That's not for his, his cash, cash mitzvah. <laughs> yes. This is a little known Jewish tradition. <laughs> Extremely little. <known. laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, it's, it, in fact, it's so poorly known that it's in that very, even my family find, had uh, never heard of it. No, it's in that difficult to find heptatook. <laughs> That's right. You got to touch it with a stick. And uh, so, and so you, you address this directly with uh, the artist soon to be known as cash. Yeah. And I said, so I got the, I got the name for, I got the perfect name for you. So what is it? Cash. And he said, I like like that. Whoa. I said, so when you, when people ask you what your name is, if you want to, you can tell them it's cash and I'm going to call you cash from now on. And he said, all right, I haven't called him. I've only called him cash since. He loves it. Whoa. So, uh, uh, so I've either severely damaged him further or he just has the coolest nickname in the world and I'm not sure which. Well, so far, it just this is this is a fantastic first act. But but my my question is now: what, what's the response from your from your very special lady friend? Uh, she does not. Does call she know? Him does that. she know about this? Oh yeah, you do it in front of her. Yeah, of course. She doesn't care. What about MJ? Is she calling him Cash? No, she still she, calls. Does him. she have one of those cute names yes. that a little kid calls a little kid? Yes, calls him like Bang Bang or Ting Tong or something. <laughs> yes. Do you, shall I say the name on the? Air? No, no, that's 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 private. My daughter's crypto right now. Oh, cool. So anyway, yeah. we'll see if this sticks or if he goes away from it. He may wake up and sit tomorrow morning and say, I don't like that anymore. In which case, no, I'll stop. A simple solution, which is to just make it hard for him to go away from it. I mean, I think if you could, certainly you could doctor some documents. There's no reason. There's no reason you can't doctor some documents. Right. As well as when you start buying him uh, souvenir snow globes and spoons, just oh, insure yeah. license plates, insure that you find one with cash. You could go, you go to the airport, you say to them directly, you say to the person at the gift shop, why no cash? Yeah. Right? I'm going to do it. I'm totally That's my parade. That's my son. You know what? Oh, oh, wait. Here's the other thing. If you can socialize this whole idea that this is actually like a Hebraic thing, you can inc- <laughs> accuse people of being anti-Semitic. Anti-Semites, yes. There's no response to that. Nobody wants to be anti-Semitic. No. You're not even going to argue it. It's one of those like five things you can call somebody that like nobody's going to go, oh, no, actually, oh, no. Speaking of, speaking of uh, scramble. Semitic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's well, finally onto the uh, Indiana Jones movies now. I cannot believe you showed those to him why not i heard you talk about that on one of your other programs i cannot believe you're showing him those movies you mean that i waited this long skulls dan skulls oh he's into skulls he's got skulls Hmm. skulls are like that's like amateur hour at our house animated animated skulls aren't they i'm sorry please continue so so did you start with uh with the first one yeah indiana jones raiders lost ark Terrific movie. So the the part at the end, I'm going to spoil the movie in case you haven't seen it, but the face melting at the end, Ugh. we, I, you know, I was concerned about that scene. I, of course, forgot the scene in the first part of the movie after the guy tries to, um, tries to, you know, leave him locked so he can run out of there with the idol and winds up getting the spear through the eye mm. or whatever thing is. That didn't bug him though. He was all right with that. And then at the end, we, so I said, listen, this last part's a little too grown up. We're going to fast forward through it. No, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't want to fast forward through it. 
I said, yeah, it's a little too grown up. I think, no, 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 I can take it, dad. Don't give up on me, dad. I said, uh, I said, so I looked at my wife and she says, all right, I'm going to tell you exactly what happens. And then if you still think you want to see it, you can see it, but it won't be scary because we told you what happens. And <laughs> she, she described in detail what was about to happen. And he listened. And he said, oh, I can see that. I can see that. I said, okay, we played it for him. He loved it. He thought it was great. He had, we asked, play it again. Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird what'll freak him out and what won't? Congratulations, yeah. Mazel Tov. I think today he's officially a man. He gets he gets the hat. Yep. He gets the crackers. Yep. He he gets the guilt. It, it all arrives. Now the 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 end scene in uh in uh, Last Crusade. You chose poorly. That part that mm. that did freak him out. You watched all of them. Well, we have not seen the fourth one, but I don't know if that's canon. I think the fourth fourth one might be uh, a mass hysteria. I don't think it really exists. They addressed this on The Incomparable, that show they won't have me on, yeah. which makes me a little mad. Uh, they addressed this. I, I think it's supposed to be not super good. You yeah, know? but it, I, I, we have a book, like one of those kid books on Indiana Jones where it talks about his adventures. And of apparently, course they do. They got to they gotta pimp that stuff well, up. They're, if you they're, judge by the are, books, you think episode one was the most popular Star Wars ever. Well, there are army ants. In the fourth movie, apparently, and mm. he really wants to see the army ants. Oh, yeah, I need to play. I need to play the audio of him when he saw the spider. This uh, no, no soundboard. No soundboard. No, it's not a soundboard. It's a, it's a, it's a, a audio of of me of of him, me him, MJ and my wife looking at the spiders that were in our house. The spider in our house that was just eating an earwig. But we didn't save it for the after dark. I would really love to hear that in the after we'll dark. After dark. Hmm. Why don't we start the show over now and this will be, we'll just make this the after dark. This should be the show, Dan. I, I hate that we're saddled with this, all of this. That other show you do, there's no, 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 like uh, getting things done in that. Well, there's a larger mission to Roderick on the line. Okay. It's just sort of the arc is so big that I can't see there's it a, There's a train coming that is riding uncrushed human skulls and you can either run behind it like George <laughs> Plimpton and all those other Yaleys. Right. Or you can come with respect, you know. And uh, dignity and a certain amount of deference to what John is bringing. So, <clears throat> uh, what else do we got? I think that's it. I think that's it. We should talk about uh, this other stuff, I guess. What, the Hunter S. Thompson stuff? Yeah. Oh, you saw the thing, the guy that did the newspaper article just like the... Oh, God, that was so great. Yeah, is that in notes? Put that in notes. <clears throat> that, that was the best. 2000, uh, 2000 Nichols, what was that called? Who was the guy that did that? Somebody yeah, made, so last week's episode, which was a really good episode, uh, we talked about Hunter S. Thompson, and we talked about uh, all, all the cocaine that he would enjoy through the day, and a listener was kind <laughs> enough to to mock up the, basically the same article as we were reading about Hunter S. Thompson, except it was uh, what, <laughs> what a podcast with me on it, uh, the schedule for that. It's yeah, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for it, and I'll put it into the note, but it was, it was reproduced down to the pixel, a reproduction mm-hmm. of... That article in, in every detail is amazing. So amazing. So you have so the best fans. You really do. Your show gets the, the best. I'm a very fortunate man. I, I don't know why I get such nice people in my life, but I'm very lucky. You really big, are. I had a big, you know, I had a big week. I had a very big week. Did you? Yeah. Hmm. I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it soon. I told uh, you about the bigness of my week and you seem nonplussed. I had, oh, I had that thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. I mean, if I had, like, I had an earth shaking event this week and I'm, I'm still figuring out. Like, bowel bowel how, shaking almost. It was bowel shattering. 
Yeah. <laughs> like in a box. And it like was really <laughs> something. I, I need to still parse all that information and write several thank you notes. But yeah, maybe in a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, so that was good. That was really good. Mm-hmm. That, wasn't that super nice? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll put up a, I'll put up a teaser here. Um, we should talk about iTunes. I would love that. Yeah. Do you want to tell me about something you like? Oh, I found the URL. It's 2000 nickels, an option for change. You've got it. So it's going into the show notes right now. Show notes again, five by five dot TV slash B2W slash one Oh three. And yeah, I can talk about something I like. It's Squarespace. Love that Squarespace. It's everything you need to make an amazing website. It's fully hosted. It's completely managed environment. And you go in there and you create and then maintain a beautiful website. You can do this with a blog portfolio, all of those things combined in one. It's not like a single purpose thing. It's a multi-purpose thing. And no matter how experienced you are, how much you know about building websites, you can always just go here and you can build something amazing in just a few minutes because they have really, really cool utilities that let you customize these templates that they have. It's all drag and drop. Everything is integrated. And you pick one of the templates, they're automatically responsive. And anything that you do to customize it within their system is also, it's going to stay responsive. You open it up on your iPhone, you open it up on your Android, tablet, whatever it is. It all looks great. You just add the block of content that you want. Oh, I want a video uh, right here. I want a photo gallery right here. It's I want a really, you know, it's, right it spoils here. you on so many levels. It spoils you for how easy it is to deal with. It spoils you for how like idiot proof it is to maintain. And it spoils you for all the sites that you go to that are not responsive. You know what I mean? Like all those, <laughs> I always go on about this, but things like, like restaurant sites and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like where you go and you just get this one big block. That's like, basically, hi, I am made of flesh and I cannot talk to you. Like you don't get that when you, uh, when you go to one of their sites. Right. And I, I put something in show notes. I didn't mean to derail you. I put something in show notes that <clears throat> I, uh, uh, I, you know, I follow their, their change log. This, this is super sexy. But, you know, when we talk about how it's easy to maintain and you don't have to do stuff like update plugins, like they're, they're working constantly to improve and maintain what they're doing and, and to iterate it. Um, and so anyway, I put the link to this. So boring, I guess. But I, I like to follow their change log because it shows what they fixed. It shows what they added. It shows, it shows like what new templates have been added. It shows you, hey... You know, it's actually a cool way to learn about features. There's so much stuff in Squarespace that, you know, they might mention something like say, oh, we just, you know, we changed the way that this thing, you know, interacts with Facebook. And like, you may not even known that that existed. But, you know, to me, it's a testament to what these folks do. And one reason I I, I like, admire and respect uh, what they do so much, which is that they've got tremendous resources behind this to make it easy and dependable for you. And and, uh, we love having them as a sponsor. We do love it. And they they apparently love us because they have a special page squarespace.com slash back to work all spelled out. You go there, you start the trial, just going there. If, if, if every one of our listeners right now, literally, literally every one of them went to that URL, that would probably make the the difference and and make this not our last show, our last episode. Yeah. It's a shame. I'm going to miss this. Me too. But if they go there and they start a trial, uh, they can, they can get started. They can pick any of the plans that they want because this isn't free, Merlin. Well, there there are not that many things that don't crash that are free. That's right. And then what? But we have a discount, including my love code, an or as you say, offer code. Say an offer code. 
do you know? Do you know what this week's offer code is? Shall I? You're clearing your is throat. The, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm picking up that little tick of yours. Is it? Uh, Wait, is it, do I do that, or is it because I've had a cold for the last week that it's a tick? Circle back to that little knives. Um, is it, Dan? <laughs> if I may ask. <laughs> yes. I feel like Karnak. Uh, is it? Is it? Uh, is it the same code as last week? Yes, I think so. So the, the offer code, you go in <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> uh, the offer code. Ready? Yes. Nice. That's it. No trademark, no exclamation point. Just enter nice and you get uh, extra percents off uh, off of the already excellent deal that you're getting with Squarespace. Done. So yeah. thanks very much to Squarespace for their support, uh, 5 by 5 Impact to Work. 80% there. Pretty good. You get half a star for that one. I'll take it. Little knives. <laughs> Cash miss. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. <clears throat> so here's the thing. I am, I'm, you know what? Oh, you know what? I got this, I got this app for making a cough button. So I should do that. Let me, app uh, for making a cough button. App, hang on. Ah, ah, that's better. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Modern media. Hi. Our subject this week. Um, boy, so much has changed. Like in, in, in the whole world of, uh, like music, uh, videos, podcasts. It's just, it's been a whole like crazy go nuts situation in the last few years. In fact, like I, I hardly recognize how much things have changed and how I use media in the last few years for, for lots of reasons. I mean, most recently, like getting a decent TV. I, I mean, I can't believe what TV, sh- what like movies actually look like. I got that elf movie. I got the first in that elf movie. I got, I got the version that's seven hours long. And uh, I, I watched the beginning of the elf movie. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. Like, but you know, it's with all of these great things that have come to us, like, you know, even starting with iPods all the way down, there are also new challenges to all of this. Um, Mark Pilgrim had a good post a few years ago about uh, the inherent problem of having stuff like these giant, like raw image files. Like if you always shoot in raw and then like bring it into iPhoto or Lightroom, like you quickly get these ginormous collections. If you are ripping, um, you know, as flack or like super high quality, um, like AACs or whatever, like you end up with these giant files. So if you're going to be good about that, you got to back it up. But then do you have a backup of the backup? Because that might crash. And so part of the solution has come from, you know, things like these different cloud services. But, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I can't even recognize, I barely recognize the difference from... I barely recognize the world of like a year or two ago from now. Mm. So different is the way that I consume things. And for me, a big part of that has come from something I really didn't like at first, which is iTunes Match. And something that a lot of people, maybe including Apple, called their hobby, which is the Apple TV. Um, And then, you know, just the way that so much of our stuff is so ubiquitous and so out there, I can't believe I'm streaming 1080p, well not 1080p technically, whatever, sorry, cleric, whatever the large format quality movies are on iTunes. I can't believe I'm streaming that to my TV. That just feels completely bananas. But I think this stuff, even for people who are pretty smart, is kind of complicated, complicated, get your head around. And so what I'm hoping to do over the, I think probably three episodes is to talk about some stuff that I have picked up along the way um, in dealing with what my media consumption workflow. And, um, I, 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 I apologize in advance to folks who are not part of the Apple ecosystem, uh, because I am part of the Apple ecosystem. It's not my entire world, but it's the only thing I really know. I don't feel qualified to tell you, you know, how to get, you know, um, 
Og Vorbis on your Ubuntu or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. And I don't have any experience with that. And I just have to guess there are probably many, many other places that can help you with that. Um, there's a lot of what we're going to talk about that I think may be useful to a lot of people, including some stuff. So basically, here's the deal. I want, I'm thinking that we do this in three episodes. This week, I want to talk about iTunes, Match, how you get started with it, and how you leverage stuff like Smart Playlists to add some sanity to your yeah, life. Yeah. Does that make, is that, is that a good start? Mm-hmm. Um, next week might be more interesting. Next week is going to be a lot of stuff about metadata and dealing with these thorny management issues around things like duplicates, duplicate items, or m- more, even more maddeningly, almost exactly duplicate items because iTunes does not manage that well right now. Um, it, it's, it's, it's great at going like, okay, these look like duplicates. And then, like, now what? Yeah. Okay, I got three gigs of duplicates. Do I go through? And, and I mean, there's Apple scripts for this, but, you know, how do you, how do you deal with all of that? You know, I mean, all of these things, whether it's iTunes or whether it's iPhone or any of these, like, if you really bring in all of your stuff, it's going to be a thistle. It's not really so different in some ways from some aspects of the getting things done system. Um, you know, if you collect everything, if you really, really, really collect everything, but you don't have a way to have a, uh, a workflow for organizing, deleting, all that sort of stuff, you know, you're going to go nuts. And, you know, when you get into a system like iTunes Match, it really benefits you to have some kind of a system in place. So anyway, the third episode um, in a couple weeks from now, I don't know, I'm calling it device tricks and grab bag. And it's going to be about, again, I, I think largely through stuff like smart playlists, how to, like, how to not lose your mind and kill all your bandwidth um, and to come up with a sane and sustainable way to have the stuff you want on your devices without, you know, overly filling it up or, uh, without leaving you, you know, stuck in some third world country without your Radiohead record. So I, I, I've got a lot here and, uh, I imagine other stuff will sneak in, but, uh, that's what I'm thinking to get us started. Does that work for you? I would love to do that. So, like I say, I, I mean, I honestly, sincerely, I do apologize in advance that I, I don't have any expertise except for the things that I know about. I think if I were to claim that I did, I, I, you know, that would make me a little silly. So, you know, I, I, this is not exhaustive. Um, this is like what, I, what I've learned. And I, I feel like I've learned so much in the last, you know, couple of years. Um, much my, by, by putting some of this stuff in place, my media management stuff is becoming way less Rube Goldberg, which, which is great. But so are you using iTunes match right now? Yes. Yes, I am. And then how long you've been using it? I've, uh, I've been a user for, uh, actually very recently. I think two weeks, I'm guessing two weeks, about a month. Actually, I talked to Jim Dalrymple about it. He, <clears throat> he had written something about it and I asked him some questions about it and I've been very skeptical about it. Just, it didn't like, I, I, I just wasn't sure, you know, like it seemed like uh, too crazy really like it did. And then I started saying, well, you know, my kids getting into music, my wife likes to play the music for them. And wouldn't it just be neat if it was just, she could just get to the music on her computer or her phone, or, you know, we could play it through the Apple TV. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll try this thing out. And it was, it was really, gr- it was actually pretty great. Right. Did you have, did you have any well, I, I, I talked about this when, when it very first came out. I, I find it, when, when iCloud stuff in general and iTunes Match in particular came out, I found it pretty bewildering. You know, it's funny, those words, like what do those words mean? iTunes Match has a specific meaning, but iCloud, it's kind of hard to explain iCloud 
to somebody just because it, on the face of it, it just means all your stuff is on a computer somewhere else. But there really is a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Like some documents can be there and some can't. And, you know, it's, it's for the document stuff <clears throat> for, for the iCloud, the way that I think Apple wants us to be using it, which is, oh, we just save all our documents there and it's all, all the apps know where to find it. That part as an old school, like Unix nerd, that does not sit that well with me. And I really don't use that aspect of iCloud. The part <laughs> as, a, of, as an old school Mac nerd, it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you get it in that sense of like, I don't know if I like it. I mean, it, it's too much for me. I'm not ready for it. Get like off my lawn. Get, it's like GitHub for cutlery. It's like, we'll get your spoon when you need it. It's like, no, right. I want to have it here in a drawer where I can get to it. Yeah. So that to me is a little too much, but, but what I do like about iCloud is the media management stuff with music, movies, shows, all the stuff that you buy through iTunes, including apps. I, I suppose this is an aspect of iCloud where if you buy an app, it'll just show up on all your iOS devices. If you have that turned on, I love that aspect of it. And that, that is really getting better. Yes, it the, really the latest, is. Uh, the latest iOS, well, I think it was in the last update, but that ability to be able to update stuff without having to enter your password again, I think is terrific. I'm having better and better luck. And I say luck because I don't understand technically how this works. I just know it either works or doesn't. But, you know, doing the, it seems to be, I don't know, it feels like it's doing a better job of keeping everything updated in general. Mm-hmm. I, I, the iCloud uh, backups have worked pretty well for me, worked pretty okay in beta. And the automatic like overnight backups have been working pretty great for me since then. Yeah, I've restored devices from iCloud. Mm, I've never done that. I'm, I'm, I that's the single most, that's the single most staggering thing I've experienced with, with iCloud is um, sometimes there's a little bit of mojo and don't work ping pong, a little bit of juju to like getting it to work right the first time. But I have successfully gotten a new iPad or, you know, reset an iPad. And within like an hour or so, all the basic stuff is on there. Now it does take a while for all the apps to redownload. That does take a while, but it is, it's pretty magical. But, you know, already though, I think we're getting at something. One of the things that makes all this so special and great is also what makes it really hard to understand and potentially really dangerous if you don't know what you're doing, which is that, you know, having stuff in the cloud is great, but relying on stuff to be in the cloud can be really time-consuming and costly and confusing. And all you need to do is go to any country that does not have ubiquitous internet to realize what this means. If you forgot something and you're doing, doing it you know, over the equivalent of like you know, hotel Wi-Fi, right. which you shouldn't be using anyway unless you're using a proxy, like you're, you know, <laughs> it takes forever and you're going to probably get the governor dropped on you because you use too much bandwidth. Anyway, if you don't, so in other words, if you're, if you, all this stuff is great. If all you ever do all day long is sit in a room where you don't really need this, you'll be fine. But if you try to leverage all the stuff inside of the I, iCloud universe, I, personally, I become a little paranoid. I'm constantly wondering, is this thing there? I mean, just silly stuff that most people, I don't know if this is precisely accurate, but in my experience, um, an iCloud-based, iCloud document-based app on iOS, it doesn't update in the background. Like, right. try this. Try this on pages. Like, go make a bunch of stuff in pages yeah. on your Mac. And then open up one of your iOS devices while you're on Wi-Fi and, and voila, everything shows up. Now try that again while you're in airplane mode and see what happens. Because I'll bet you that stuff's not there. And I think that is super duper confusing. If you're somebody, if you're somebody, if you're some lawyer that's got like a million things in an iCloud uh, document system and you hop on a plane, you know, that doesn't have Wi-Fi, to me, it seems the whole idea of the iCloud would be that your stuff is already on there in the background. 
like through the equivalent of, I know it's not push notifications, but similarly, that it would know to like periodically pull that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I don't think that's the case. And again, you know, if, if Apple's dream comes true and lots more people start using this, that right side of the adoption curve is going to start getting more interested and consequently more confused. And, you know, as great as the Apple stuff can be, it doesn't always just work. And you still do need a rabbi sitting there next to you to make sure that this stuff works. Conciliary, mm-hmm. as somebody said. You do need somebody, a wartime Apple conciliary title, title to, to help you go through <laughs> this stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when, I, when I've set other people up on, my God, even just setting up the Apple TV for my uh, in-laws who threw my glasses away, not that I'm angry. Setting up their Apple TV, like it was pretty easy. But, you know, for example, one of the things we'll talk about in, the, in, the, in that third part uh, of the series is just how maddening it is to set up Apple TV using that four-way dingus. You know, I mean, yes, you, you suffer through entering the Wi-Fi password. Suffer through entering your hopefully secure, you know, me.com password. And then, for God's sake, with home sharing on, use the remote app on the iPhone. Oh, yeah. As soon as, as, soon as you can activate that. Well, it like, takes, I think it takes, I mean, like if you, if you're on ethernet, I, I you know, I obviously I, I get, I don't think you need to enter a password to, to get the thing running. It'll just, I think you know, it, you, all you have to do is turn on home sharing on the Apple TV and then you, then you're good to go with the remote. Unfortunately, since most people have abysmal passwords on that, it's real super fast mm-hmm. using that uh, dingus. It's the worst. It's a different, I just different, did, different I just did this this morning. Oh, it's, and, and the whole like dots will echo thing. It's, it's ridiculous because it's, well, I recently had to, I'll just say, I, I had to deal with some Wi-Fi recently where somebody had entered in, um, what's the hex code one? You know, like where you have like a, was it 20, 26 characters or something like that? You know what I'm talking about? Like there's a, the person who had basically set up this person's router had, had entered like the 20, I think it's a 26 character, whatever that long hex code string is. I want you to have a super duper secure password on this thing. So they came up with this completely auto-generated like monkey balls password and they were on web Mm. and i don't know a lot about computers but it's my understanding you can sniff web for like 20 minutes and get any password doesn't matter how giant it is so basically they were putting like a five thousand dollar lock on a screen door Mm -hmm. you know that's the kind of thing anyway different subject but uh we'll get to that but anyway let's let's talk about some of the itunes match stuff um and so usually, usual provisos, um, I am not a, an expert at this. I, I would encourage you to go to Apple's site. This is all in show notes. Go learn about iCloud, learn about iTunes Match, do your own due diligence. As I will say over and over, do backups, do lots and lots of backups. If you can afford it today or if you have them around, go and get, you can get a two terabyte drive for like a hundred bucks or less now. I mean, get a really, really big trustable drive because you're going to want to do a lot of backups. If you like, you know what? You might be fine. You might be great. You might just flip this thing on and start diddling around and changing the metadata and deleting stuff locally. You might be fine. But if, if you're like me and you're a little bit paranoid about making sure your stuff is, you know, extant, yeah. I would say, I would say pop, go to Newegg or something and go pop for a one, one terabyte or two terabyte, did I say gig? One terabyte or two terabyte drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bought, I started buying two terabyte drives and I think they're like, like a, less than a hundred bucks. I know you can get a one terabyte drive for like 60 bucks now. Um, so anyway, enough for the provisos. Your mileage may vary. Um, I really was not super into iTunes match when it came out. I didn't get it. I found it super confusing. I think like a lot of people, I can't believe how many of my friends haven't even turned it on. 
I mean, some people, I have, I have some friends that are pretty serious Apple nerds who for the longest time didn't subscribe. It's twenty four ninety nine a year for 25,000 songs, 10 devices. Um, and a lot, for a lot of people, a lot of my friends didn't even sign up. But then some of the ones who did, like it was weird. You could tell they were skittish because they might just do it on their Mac for a long time. And then they might do it on one device. But I don't know that, that many people that were like, hey, let's just go flip this on everywhere and see what happens. Because I, I, if you're like me, I don't want to mess with that stuff until I feel like I really got my hands around like where the stuff lives. Uh, you know, and again, not to belabor this, but I think it can be a little opaque with iCloud to know where your stuff is with confidence. If you open up pages on your iPhone and your documents aren't there, you know, you're going to, I think, maybe you'll question yourself, but I think you're going to question iCloud and how much you can trust it to have all your stuff yeah. where it needs to be. Um, and so, you know, I, w- I would like people to start using iTunes Match uh, just because if, you, if you're into it, I, I think it's terrific. And if, if you go out and drop 100 bucks on an Apple TV, it's, I think it's just mind-blowing. If you're one of us jerks, one of us idiots that is inside the Apple ecosystem, it's kind of a no-brainer. Because they really have, this is one part of iCloud that I think works pretty well once you understand it. So uh, how, what is iTunes Match? You really should go to the site and read up on this. I can't cover everything that it is. But the basic notion is the match part of iTunes Match means that, um, you know, in the past you've been able to buy, and this is all audio only, right? As far as the iTunes match specific part. Right. They don't have it for like movies or anything like that. Everything you've bought um, previously that is still available on the store, which is, you know, hopefully mostly everything you bought, um, you can always re-download. So if you, to my knowledge, if you delete stuff locally from your drive, you can always go to the login to iTunes and go re-download stuff. If you're logged in on your Apple TV or your phone and you've got the bandwidth, you'll be able to stream your stuff. Um, and so forth. But the, the really, the interesting part of this, and again, a part that I think is not super obvious to people, like why is this special and interesting? Well, yes, first of all, everything you've purchased will be available as it always has been. And, uh, anything you've purchased, you can stream. So if you're sitting at your computer, you can listen to a song with, without having to download it. Um, it's pretty great. Um, now the other cool thing, this, I can't even imagine how this ever happened, but any Almost any, there isn't a requirement on this. I think it is that it needs to be, if it's an MP3, it needs to be, I think, 128K or higher. But basically, anything that you have in your iTunes library that it that is available on the iTunes store and it can identify as being on the iTunes store, it will match for you. Meaning that you won't have to upload all that stuff to the cloud. It will just know, hey, okay, you've got... Isn't that cool? It's, it, you know, and, pra- and you get it when you down, I know this is stealing your thunder, but then yep, you're going to get yep. that high quality version of it. Absolutely. When Absolutely. you download it on another device. And right. if you so, delete it, if you ever delete it locally or your machine or, dies. Or, or every time you delete it locally, like I delete stuff all the time because I know what I can delete thanks right. to the, these smart playlists I've come up with. Oh, nice. But the, well, yeah, we're getting to that. But the, the basic idea is, yeah, yeah, purchase, great. You're good to go. Matched. It goes through. And so... I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but just, just so you know, I mean, like the match part of it is really special, which is that without having to upload a bunch of stuff, if it knows what that is and can identify it, I don't know if you're getting this, but like anything that's fallen off the back of a truck, let's just say if it's 128K or higher and it matches something on the store, it's now available to you on all of your devices everywhere. And then there's anything it can't identify either because it's not on the iTunes store or it can't, you know, or it can't correctly make the match 
um, but it's still eligible in terms of the, the bit rate, it will upload that for you to the cloud. And like I say, up to 25,000 songs. I don't know if there's a, um, like a, uh, a, you know, a physical storage limit, like a certain number of gigabytes or whatever, but I think it's 25,000 songs. Um, but then there are apparently there are ways around that. There's some links and show notes to how to deal with the, that limit. But the, the, the part of that, that that sounds neat in theory, but is mind blowing in practice is that first of all, all your stuff, once you, once you get your hands around this, everything really is up in the cloud and available from anywhere that you can get to it through the internet. Um, which means in my case, I don't have to have these multi dozens of gigabyte size libraries on every device. Right. I mean, it used to be that if I wanted my music everywhere, you really, you had to drag it over from, from another library and then it would sit around and, you know, it wasn't always updated and who knows who has the updated version and crazy frustrating. And now, uh, and then to, to the other point of this that is really mind-blowing in practice is, like you said, Dan, once it has been matched with what's, once the cloud has matched what's on your library, you can not only delete your local version, but when you download it again, you're going to get a 256K, what do they call it, iTunes Plus. Yeah. High-quality, non-DRM'd version of that, which is pretty crazy. It is. And, and you, and you know, people asked, really wondered about this when it was first announced, will you be able to keep it? Well, yeah, if you've downloaded it, it's yours. Um, that's, we're going to come to that in a second, but you know, so why is this great? Well, it's great because, you know, first of all, you, you don't have to be as diligent as you used to be, or as frequently paranoid about doing stuff like backups. You don't have to fill up the modest sized SSD, you know, in your modern device. If you've only got like a, like a little iPod touch or, you know, you don't want to, you can't afford to put, you know, 80 gigs of stuff on, <laughs> right. then there are now ways that you can deal with that. And if you're, if you're somewhere and, and once you've gone through this uh, trial by fire that I'm going to put you through in a minute, like and you're, if you're getting on the plane and realize that you, you know, don't have the space you need to get like an important file, you can delete your entire library from your phone and feel okay that you can still get back to it again. Do your own due diligence on this. Do not go throwing your library away without making sure that all this works as I have, but I think this works pretty well. So that's the value proposition. You get your stuff from anywhere. You can download it in high-quality versions. But now we're also getting into a more complicated world where really, seriously, now your cutlery really does live in GitHub in some ways. It is kind of weird to not have that right on your drive and maybe not know why. Most perplexingly for me, this came up where we'll be somewhere in the car driving around and my daughter wants to hear a certain song. And I, I don't know if I'm remembering this right, but it seems like f at first it would only download. I think you can actually set it to only download from Wi-Fi, you know, versus, you know, uh, 3G or LTE. Yeah, I think, you, I think the default is to not use 3G. Right, right. So maybe I had that bit flipped at that point, but it would drive me crazy that, you know, um, she wants to hear you got a friend in me and I can't get to it cause we're in the car. Well, you know, uh, it's, it doesn't have to be that way. You can get it from anywhere, but it sure would be nice, especially if you're traveling. Right. And it really, it comes up every time I travel, just how amazingly costly it is and how slow, uh, internet access is in everywhere that I've been outside the country, super costly and, and un, I don't say unreliable, but it's not like sitting in your office. Um, but you really can get to that from anywhere. And so what I want to talk about specifically today is like how I got my head around it by using especially things like smart playlists. And because I think it's magic. Now, I, it's, 
it's kind of a bummer that I don't know of a way to export smart playlists. I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure somebody could p-list this or something, but like I don't know of an easy way to give you something to drop into a folder to make these. So, um, time permitting, I'll try to do some screenshots of these. But um, how are we doing on time? Hour in. Hmm, okay, uh, we'll try to keep it short. But here's here's basically I'm going to give you here's my idea for a workflow to how to deal with this. Um, if you're interested in doing your so here's what you need for this. You're going to need your iTunes library, right? On your Mac or your PC. This will work on a PC, I'm, I'm given to believe. I don't have a way to test that. But uh, you've got to have an updated iTunes. I think iTunes 11 is the current one. Uh, you can go ahead and subscribe to iTunes Match. It's $24.99 a year. It auto-renews. Um, I would say get somewhere with a wired connection if you can. So like wherever your computer with the most songs on it lives, start there with a wired connection. But then again, I would go out and buy a big butt hard drive, either uh, a, you know a naked drive that you can pop in to to a big machine or like a firewire device or something. Because the very the, once you've committed to doing this, the very first thing that I would do is just back up your entire iTunes oh, yeah. library media. So I mean, depending on how much room you've got, if it were me and, and and I've got the space, and this is why I say go buy a two terabyte drive, make a new folder on that drive, call it something like you know initial backup and a date or whatever. Personally, I would drag the entire home slash music folder in there. That is going to give you a lot of stuff. It's going to give you, yes, all of your iTunes music. It's also going to be probably gigabytes of applications and movies and TV shows. And for me, stuff I've gotten from, um, uh, what's the Rogue Amoeba, Rogue Amoeba app? Um, the, uh, Which uh, one, not Audio Hijack? or Audio Hijack yeah. files. Uh, it's going to be really big. Personally, I would do that. It's not going to kill you. It would not, even if it's a whole bunch of space, a whole bunch of stuff. If you've got the space, go ahead and back it up. Like, why not? You could do it on a sparse bundle, sparse image, like whatever works for you, but get that backed up before you do any of this. Why? Uh, You know what? You'll probably be fine, but you'll feel better if you know that all that stuff exists in situ exactly how it was before. And to my knowledge, if you do that, that will also carry over the, you know, the uh, library files that have all your information about play counts and stuff like that. Again, you can go and read up and check all this on your own, but I've had good experience with that. If you don't want to do that, you could just drag over your iTunes folder inside of the music folder. God, that structure is so confusing. Oh, seriously. If, I, I, you know, and I think they did you that. You have to just, go four levels deep to see where the song is. I know. It's really weird. I, I'm, my only thought is that they did that just to be like 100% completely compatible with all of the previous versions of iTunes back to iTunes 1 right. or something just so that, you know, the, I, I, but it, that's kind of madness. It is. So like if you go to, if you're on your Mac right now, um, hit command shift H, that'll take you to your home directory. And you should see something there called music. If you type MU, it'll take you to the music folder. Go into that and you'll, you'll see in my case, I've got some Amazon, MP, Amazon, MP, Amazon MP3s that you buy go into their own folder at that level. Audio hijack, piezo, garage, garage band, band logic, yeah. Pandora jam, radio shift. Um, nice cast broadcast. Nice cast. Like that, yeah. <laughs> radio time, radio recorder. Let me just see. If you do a good tip for anybody, whatever folder you're in or with anything selected, option command I will tell you, however, give you a get info on wherever you are. Do you know about that? Option command I? Is that the one that stays with you as you? Yes, that's the one. Instead of just command I, option command I, that's the power one. Holy God, 417 gigs in my music music folder. Whoa. Yeah. 
Um, wow. So, uh, so you've got music. And then in music, you have a folder called iTunes. If you go into the folder called iTunes, you'll see a folder called, wait for it, iTunes Media. <laughs> right. If you go into iTunes Media, I've got audiobooks, books, downloads. Automatically videos. add to iTunes? Home Never videos? Never understood. No idea what that from Mobile applications? Yeah, and then if you go into music, wow, now you have folders of artists. Right. By the way, the metadata stuff is going to be great. You guys, this, I'm going to blow your mind with some of this metadata stuff. It's going to change your game. And actually, it is very germane. The metadata stuff will become very germane to iTunes because if you've ever got, gotten onto your phone with your with your janky-ass iTunes collection and suddenly you've got, like, is it Beatles? Is it comma the Beatles? Is it, do you know what I mean? Is it silly stuff like Guided by Voices? I have some stuff as GBV, like, I guess it's a Unix system or something because guided capital B by voices is different <laughs> than guided lowercase b. You know, and unless you go in and fix all, you can go in and fix all that with groups or you can go and fix that all with album artists, but then that screws up compilations and soundtracks. And so we're going to talk next week about how to fix that because it does matter. I, I, I have to suspect or wonder if that's one way to fix matching problems is to get better metadata. Um, I imagine it's doing acoustic fingerprinting to do most of it, I'm guessing. So I'm, I'm not sure, but it's certainly going to make your life a lot easier if you can go to Frank Zappa and see all your Frank Zappa. So anyway, back up. Um, is this boring, Dan? I think this is what people want, seriously. All right. But, you know, I would say it is, is advisable. It's advisable to be as safe and paranoid as you can be about making sure that you've got a, you know, it's a good idea to, to you know, image your drive periodically anyway. Uh, great. You can use SuperDuper for that. You can use Disk Utility for that. With SuperDuper, you can automate it, which is great. But uh, ditto here. I mean, I think it's a good idea to have this on, on a safe drive, just you know, in case you want to sort of roll back. Um, so you go in, you subscribe. Now, the first time you run this, it's going to run and run and run and run. Once you subscribe and turn on iTunes Match, it's going to have to chunk through your giant library and try to make all those matches. It doesn't require any intervention on your part. You just let it do its thing. You could do it overnight. It can take quite a while. And then when it's done, it'll say, hey, Ping, you, uh, you're done. You've got this many thousand or whatever files in there. So now what? I think for most people, you get to that point and you go, okay, so what do I do now? And uh, my first reaction was, ah, okay, so I guess I can get this on my phone now. I'm not really sure. It's, it's still very confusing on your phone. You can turn on iTunes match on your phone, meaning all your stuff is downloadable and streamable. Uh, you can also flip a bit on or off that says show all music. So do you want to just see stuff that's on your phone or iOS device? Or do you want to also see stuff that's in the cloud but not on there? If you turn off, if you flip that bit for turning off iTunes match, any of the stuff you've downloaded goes off your phone with one click. Right. I don't, I don't think that's super duper obvious to people. No, and it's, it could potentially be jarring or shocking. I think it's one of the... Or frightening. Uh, well, there's that uh, term I don't know from, you know, user experience and, you know, designing good UIs where what you would intend somebody... But, like, what you could guess that something does when you click it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, there shouldn't be a button called OK or continue that erases your drive unless you've already been through a succession of things warning you about what that's going to do. It shouldn't... You know what I mean? You shouldn't have a big red button that you hit and everything blows up. That's kind of what that is. Um, scared me. First time I tried it and hit it, I was kind of bummed. But anyhow, um, so once you're done and all the matching is finished, the first thing that I would do is go in and make some smart playlists. So I know you guys are really smart and, and, and went to good schools, but a playlist is basically, a basic playlist is something you can create in iTunes where you say, I'm just going to grab a bunch of stuff and throw it into the equivalent of a folder. 
And that means, uh, oh, I'm going to make this party mix where I pick, or like if I want to burn somebody a CD, I can put these 10 songs on there. And, uh, you know, that would, that's what you'd call a basic playlist. Is that fair? Is that yeah, basically, no, yeah. I like it. No, people know a little bit about smart playlists, but smart playlists are kind of like magic. I'll, I'll because, tell you the extent of my smart playlist knowledge. Okay. And what, what we do behind the scenes. At Genre is <clears throat> metal. <laughs> no. Um, we, so when we are, when you and I are not live and when I, when we're not doing shows here in five by five that are streaming live, we play the reruns. Do you know how I do that? You say, make a playlist. Um, media is podcast. Right. <clears throat> and you either do an any all of array or you say, I don't know, five by five inside of uh, the five by five master feed. Yeah, pretty much. We have a, we have an, a Mac mini, which is hosted at macminicolo.net. Good sponsor of ours as well. And that thing sends, it, it has iTunes running. It, that iTunes is always running and set to start up automatically. And I have a little Apple script that automatically makes it start playing when it starts up too, which is weird. And that thing will just play and it always updates the master feed. And so I have it pulling from the master feed and playing the most recent, I forget if it's 15 or 20 episodes from the shows. And it's a very, very, very simple smart playlist, which is the full extent of my knowledge of what you can do with them. And it's, <laughs> I it, think you're, you're sandbagging a little bit. No. And it, it, and it plays uh, the latest shows and that's it. And it's always up to date because it's set to play the most recent X number of shows. And right. it streams that out to our IceCast server. And, uh, and, and, and that's, that's pretty much the most that I've ever done with smart playlists. And the, the system works. Well, what's funny to me is that I, 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 I feel like I know people who are real maniacs about things like rating songs, but then they don't ever like do so much with what they've rated. They don't use that. They, I'll put it this way. I, I, I have done this and I, I've seen others do this where they go crazy about making sure that they rate their albums and you can rate an album versus rating the records. If you go to the album view for something, you can rate an album versus the tracks. Mm -hmm. And you, whenever you see those little like white stars that have just an outline, that means that's what, that's the review or that's the rating you gave to the album rather than the specific songs. Yeah. Anyway, so I know people who do that, but I, I don't know people as, as many people who spend the time to leverage the, First of all, the, the static metadata that's inside every file. So, yes, album, artist, genre. We're going to address the genre thistle next week when we talk about how to get your genre stuff fixed up. Um, genre should be really cool. Like, you ever, how about this? You ever try and make a playlist that doesn't have Christmas songs on it? Well, you have to go, you know, it's a real pain in the butt. <laughs> right. Because it could be holiday. Yeah. It could be Christmas. It could be, you know, Kwanzaa, I guess. Are there Kwanzaa songs, Dan? There must be Kwanzaa songs. I'm there's sure. A lot of, there's a lot of days in Kwanzaa, Dan. Mm. There's no I in Kwanzaa. There's Newt Rockney that said that. Famous baseball coach. And, uh, but, but what's amazing is, you know, any, when I say static metadata, I just mean any of the stuff that defines that track in terms of album, artist, year, um, genre, you name it. <clears throat> it also goes for videos. It could be TV season, any of that stuff. Like that stuff is all really powerful. Like why would that be powerful? Because you could make, you could make a playlist of something like a smart playlist. And so I'm sorry, I, I didn't even distinguish. A smart playlist is like a playlist, except it's based on doing, um, creating a playlist that's based on things that are or are not in the metadata. So you could say, easy enough, create a new smart playlist where artist includes Beatles. And that will give you all of your songs where that are by the Beatles. 
Now, you could also have something that says um, create a smart playlist where play songs, uh, songs that include the word red. So I'm, I'm not <laughs> trying to sound like a regular expressions expert here, but that would include red anywhere in the, wor- in the word. And there's all kinds of little kind of cool things you can do. A great use of this might be to say, I want, uh, like I say, like I want a Frank Zappa-ish list. So I could go in and say, show me any where the artist is Frank Zappa where the artist includes Zappa, I could say where it is, you know, includes uh, album name or artist name includes Beefheart, so on and so forth. And you could say, then you can apply to any of those, like any or all of these conditions. And then and again, one of these things a lot of people still don't know about that was added a, a while back, you can add a condition. In addition, you could say like album is or artist is and so forth. But then you can also create, I don't know if you call it an array, but you can go in and so you can create a new rule inside of a smart playlist called, uh, what is the name of it? Any or all of, I think it's called. Mm. So have you ever done that? Mm-mm. So you could go in and say um, <laughs> something like, I want a playlist that uh, where genre is not Christmas, does not include Christmas. Right. But then you could say, um, well, how about this? How about you say, I want to create uh, a smart playlist and there's a, you create a new rule that is, is not any of the, it won't be any of those specific things. You just pull down to any or all of the following are true. And that creates a little subset of rules. So you can say create a smart playlist where any of, of these are true. So holiday or Christmas or Kwanzaa or Chahanaka or, or whatever. And that can be just one rule is that's that, that array of selection. So you could say, for example, show me, show me music where it's any of these genres and it is, you know, Andy Williams, or you could say, and it is 1979. I don't know if I'm, I'm putting this well, but when you get your head around all the stuff that's already in that static metadata, it's pretty great. Um, and that's what we're going to use in a second, uh, to, to fix your, uh, iTunes match problems or to know what's in iTunes Mesh. But the thing that a lot of people don't use enough is the metadata that reflects how you use iTunes. And there's a lot of stuff that's being, you know, tracked by iTunes in a really useful way. Uh, I think one of the best ones is play count. So every time that a song plays, I think all the way through, it counts as a play count. And so, you know, what are you, what are you song, doing with, with play count? So seriously, uh, well, serious question, because that's something that I've, it's been there for ages and ages and ages. You want a really quick deep catalog yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Show me anything that's safe in iCloud and on my drive that has zero plays. So that's a way for you to hear music that you haven't heard recently. It's a way for me to delete stuff that I thought oh, I wanted to listen to that I haven't listened okay. to. Okay. That's one. Also, you can create a smart playlist. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, this, not to anybody who's done this a lot, but all I'm saying is the combination of the static metadata combined with the metadata that it gathers about how you use it. Another one is skip count. People don't know about skip count. Every time you start to listen to a song and hit previous or next, like leave the song, it remembers that. So if there's some song that you gave five stars to because you really like it, but the skip count on it is 10, that's really good to know. Because the star rating that you give to something, is, it's, it is static. It's like you might have really, you might have given five stars to like a, a Dharma Talk um, lecture right. that you downloaded, but you probably don't want that in your throwdown party mix. So it's also a good idea to have a genre of, say, spoken word on that. So you could say, for example, you, you know, 
I'm, I'm sorry, it's, I, this should almost be visual. But, you know, you can also build playlists on other playlists. So you could, you know, I remember a long time ago, I had a post on 43 folders about this, like starting out with a playlist called Music Only. This is so hacky. This is so pearly. But I, but I had created this Music Only playlist that would say, is not podcast, is not spoken word, is not, is not, is not, is not. Is not. And I would use that as the beginning, as the basis for all my other smart playlists. So my second smart playlist in that instance might be, start with playlist is music only mm. and then anything else I want to do with it, which is terrific. Uh, it's a great way to build these things. Um, I, I didn't mean to go off on a smart playlist, Jack. I would just say this, like there's so much you can do with smart playlists that people don't know about. If you're following this nonsense and understanding what I'm saying, think about a playlist like this. Think about you've got like a fairly old iPod that's still supported by iTunes, but you don't want to make it crazy good nuts. Let's say you got on one playlist, which is uh, show me up to one gig of my stuff ordered by play count. Mm. So pick out a gig of stuff that I played a lot, or it's 500 megs. Let's say 500 megs of stuff that I played the most. Show me 250 megs of stuff that was recently added. Show me, um, show me a hundred megs of stuff that I gave a high rating to, but haven't listened to in a while. Now you create a new playlist that lets you make a mix of all those other ones. So you can, so if you've got one of those iPods where you just plug in and it automatically updates, you don't have to have just fart a bunch of random music on there for autofill. You could also have it autofill from a list that is culling from your up-to-date listening habits. So you could also say, you know, make sure to leave off. Don't, don't put stuff on there that I played a bunch of times. I only want fresh stuff. You know, grab me, grab me this much of podcasts or whatever to put on there. I mean, anyway, there's a lot of different ways to use this, but Let's use our time we have left to just talk about, I guess I want to talk more about smart playlists maybe next week because I think they're really, are you okay. getting that these are kind of powerful? Yeah. And, and so let's talk about how we use this specifically uh, for sanity with iTunes. There are some things that are a little wonky about the way smart playlists work with, with the cloud um, that, that are kind of frustrating. For example, there is a criteria inside of a smart playlist that you can use called... Um, uh, what is it? iCloud status is, <clears throat> oh yeah, there's one you can do called location is iCloud. And that seems like that would be super useful. And it kind of is, except that's going to find stuff that is purchased. Awesome. It's going to find stuff that is matched. Awesome. It's going to find stuff that's uploaded. Awesome. But it's also going to find waiting items. Those weird mystery meat waiting items mm. where, it's, it's maybe trying to download it. I don't know. I've got so many items that are waiting, dot, dot, dot. So what I end up doing is a little hacky. I started out by creating a list. The very first list I would make is one that I, I just call eligible and okay. You can probably come up with a better name for that. Um, I can put up screen grabs for these. Um, so match all of the following rules. Media kind is music. Uh, this is, you probably don't need this, but I put it. Media kind is music. Media kind is not podcast. And then any of the following are true. iCloud status is matched or iCloud status is purchased or iCloud status is uploaded. Uh, if you weren't following that, what does that mean? Uh, it's any of the music that I've got that lives in the cloud of any kind. Doesn't matter whether I've got it on my drive, don't have it on my drive. If it's matched, purchased, or uploaded, this, the iCloud status, that means it's good to go. So what's not included? So that's all the stuff that iCloud knows about that's safe and copacetic. Like, well, why would you do it that particular way? Because if you're using iCloud, I promise you, you will run into errors. That, that can be really frustrating. Um, you could have, for example, um, gosh, what are the statuses for this? It could be deleted. It could be ineligible. It could be removed. Like there's all these, you know, different inscrutable 
things. So again, though, I, I would start out with what I'm calling eligible and okay. You call it whatever you want. Um, and that matched or purchased or uploaded will show you all the stuff that is up there. Now, another weird wonky thing, a- according to the error pop-up that you will encounter if you try to do this, you cannot base one, you cannot base one iCloud playlist on another iCloud playlist. Although I've done it and it seems to work. No, wait, if, if you, you can't do it, but you've done it. Yeah, try it. So if you go and create, create a playlist that involves iCloud criteria and then so are you, you guys are getting the idea that once you have playlists of any kind, so the, the most obvious example, if you create a playlist called New Order and you drag all your New Order songs into it, a flat, you know, static playlist. Right. If you drag all that stuff into there, every New Order song you've got manually, like a sucker, well, now you've got all your <laughs> New Order stuff there. That will not update when new New Order is added to your library. A smart playlist would be better for that. But the point being, you could then create another smart, play, you could create another flat playlist that says playlist is New Order from that previous playlist. That's pretty awesome, right? I mean, you can create, you know, all or any arrays where you say like, if it's any of the Beatles or any of Jerry and the Pacemakers or any of, you know, the Kinks and so on, you can make these great little mixes. Genius stuff is probably better for that, but still, it's really powerful to do. But basing, basing, you can almost do this, not object-oriented, what do I want to call it? Like a cascade almost in CSS, where you, when you build like a really good playlist to start, like a basic playlist, a la that music only, you can use that as the basis for another playlist, right? So if you start out with doing a lot of the heavy lifting, it's almost like, you know, it's like making better code. There's no reason to have to rewrite all these things over and over. If you've got a basic base playlist for a certain kind of thing, then you can build on that. You can use it to find things, in my case, like, um, I've done things, I'm probably getting off topic, aren't I? I can, I'm so excited about smart playlists. I kind of want to talk about them a lot. Should we do that maybe next week? Yeah. Okay. So let's get to these. We've got to wrap this up for today. But so the very first one I would make is just a way to go experiment, try this out, go and read up. There's links and notes to some great Macworld articles, uh, that cover some of the same stuff. But, um, I would start by knowing what's copacetic in the cloud. Now, why would you want to know this? Because first of all, it's going to give you, in my case, a real sense of relief to see that. 145.35 gigs of music are in the cloud. Some of it's on my drive. Some of it's not. Some of it might be on, you know, um, different iOS devices. But what it's telling me is that this is the truth as far as the cloud knows it, is that all this stuff is here. Um, another one, again, that I found really helpful is one that I call iTunes Match Problems. You may be able to come up with a better one than this or a more efficient one than this, but I have one called iTunes Match Problems. And, and so it is cloud status is not uploaded cloud or oh wait i'm sorry cloud status is not uploaded cloud status is not matched cloud status is not purchased and that produces a list of everything that is as i say like not in the cloud it's the removed it's the waiting it's the ineligible it's the duplicate because itunes doesn't upload anything it recognizes as a duplicate right it's gonna be really confusing um but that's great. So now I got a way to go in and go, oh, that's weird. Um, I wonder why it's not recognizing this thing. And I go, oh, I see why. That's because it's not up, you know, it won't, um, the bit rate's not high enough or something like that. Um, I think the iTunes match one can be, can be really handy. And um, where am I going with this? Well, if you are like, as I was, interested in going in and deleting anything that didn't have to be on my drive, well, um, once you've, I'm, <laughs> I'm really hesitant to tell you this until you're really comfortable with this, but once you have your eligible and okay list, I create another list that's called, um, I created one that's basically stuff that's in the iCloud, but it's also local, right? 
And this is great because you can go in and say, okay, is it purchased or matched or um, uploaded? And then is it, is the iCloud status on my drive or local, in other words? So what does that show you? Well, that shows you everything you've got that's known in the cloud, but is also on your drive. So you might be able to immediately clear off like 50 gigs by, by you know, deleting a bunch of stuff safely. Your mileage may vary. <laughs> the motorcycle is after 3 p.m. But once you do that and you establish this level of confidence, you could delete uh, stuff like that really easy. Another great one that I do all the time, show me everything that's okay and copacetic in the cloud, but is a really large file. So I might drop in something, and, and extremely large files are not eligible. I think something like over, I want to say, 250 megs or something aren't eligible. But like with our show, I'll frequently export an AAC, uh, a, a, a AAC is that right? I'll export an AAC of our show. Am I saying that right? No, an AIF. I'll export an AIF of our show. That's the high, the high quality for archive. I don't, I don't, there's probably, probably a better way to get it out of quick time. But, you know, I'm recording both sides with Call Recorder. Anyway. Uh, email Dan. And so I'll export that giant like 400 or 700 meg AIF, throw it into iTunes, and then rip it to um, an AC or an MP3 that I can listen to, for example. But I don't want all these 700 or 400 meg files piling up. And um, if again, now, if I'm running out of space on my MacBook Air, it would be really handy to know that this 256K um, Beethoven's ninth is taking up a lot of room and like I'll be okay to not have this on here for a while. So if I create a list that shows me everything that's safe in the cloud, but is locally on my drive and I sort by size, that gives me a way to immediately say, oh gosh, that's real easy. That's, this is this guided by voices live show that I can afford to not have on here and so on. That's, that's the kind of thing that you can do. Um, and then, and then this gets to get us a little bit into the sexy here. This is something I cobble, um, I copped right from uh, Jason Snell's article on uh, Macworld, but there's a playlist that you can create that will find everything you've got that's eligible to be upgraded to the 256K, like high-quality files. Do, do you know what I mean? Yes. So I've got one here, and I think I pretty much copped this almost exactly from him. It's actually called Snell iCloud Upgradable. <laughs> great title. That is great. So bitrate is less than 256K. Media kind is music. And iCloud status is either matched or purchased, not uploaded. Uh, but so anyway, if, you've ma- if it's matched or purchased, then you should theoretically, uh, and you may want to, delete all that stuff from your drive. Again, safely, your mileage may vary. No motorcycles after 3 p.m. But you can delete all that stuff and then say re-download it. And it will re-download the the full-on uh, high-quality version to your drive. I wouldn't do that for everything, um, personally, but uh, are you following? Is that making sense? No, so you so. can find everything that's eligible right now, but if you've got 128K MP3 or something that is matched, then you should be able to, with this list, be able to delete that and then re-download the high-quality version. And again now, here's where your 2-terabyte drive comes in that you're going to buy. It comes in hugely useful. Uh, you, one thing you might want to do pretty early on, once you've gotten everything the way you want with iTunes match is you might want to delete everything locally that's eligible and then re-download all of the high quality versions and brother, they are going to be big. That is going to be a lot of space, but that way, just saying, if you did copy that over to your, your second drive or wherever you're putting this, that means you've got a safety version of if, you're, if you do decide to not subscribe next year to iTunes Match, you still have high-quality versions of all of those. Does that make sense? It does. Not, not essential, 
but 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 certainly handy. But you know, we'll, we'll I actually I really think we should talk more about smart playlists next week because we're really just barely um, scratching the surface of what you can do with this. It, this feels so daunting, yes, because it's hard to like know where stuff lives, but also because, if, again, if you do this the way they really want you to do it, it's not going to be hard for you to fill up your drive in no time. Is, isn't that your experience, Dan? Like These files are considerably bigger oh, yeah. than even like a 192 MP3. They're, they're big files. Um, I mean, so it makes that, a big difference if you care about the way things sound. And, it know, it the, does. You, you will does, notice but, a difference. I mean, I know people who have said oh the main reason that i want itunes matches because i want higher quality versions than these cds that i ripped eight years ago when i didn't you know know or care how things sounded right like you were saying yeah and so if you stream it to your apple tv you're always going to get the highest quality version that's available that's really cool but like if you're for example one great we'll talk about this i guess probably next week but one great use of these um let's say you don't have a huge uh, ios device um you could create again one of these smart playlists, and if everything if everything in a given playlist is available in the cloud, you will be able to download all of that that particular playlist to that device. So if you go into your uh, iTunes or uh, go into <laughs> music, <laughs> go into music on your iPhone and go to playlists, you will see that when you drill down into a specific playlist, there's a little down arrow that you can click that'll download the contents of that playlist to your drive. Or, as I say, you can you can stream it. I think it only takes one turd to kill the punch bowl. I'm pretty sure if there's even one non-eligible thing in there, it might screw up the whole list. I'm not positive of that. But that becomes very powerful, especially, I gotta say, alongside Genius. Genius is finally working again for me on iTunes. Uh, there was a period, this interregnum, that might be my fault. I don't know if I broke this, but for a while iTunes Genius just didn't work at all in iTunes on the desktop for me. It was really frustrating. And I think it's because all the stuff was in the cloud and maybe it was confused. Anyway, it works great now. I love Genius Mixes. And uh, that's another great way to deal with iOS devices. Create a Genius Mix on your, on your Mac or your PC. I've got one here that's uh, you know based on Roy Wood and ELO. Got another one here based on Rockpile. Like, go spit out this much based on this artist. And that's a, that's a, if like, if you, uh, like my wife has a, what a nano or a mini, whatever those little ones with yeah. the video screen are, that she uses for running and you can just pop that in. It'll push all that on there. It can even be updated. Uh, makes it really easy to just take this stuff on the go. But just to wrap up this one, iTunes match is great and it is doable, but it's really worth spending some time. First of all, learning what it is and setting, making sure it meets your expectations for what it'll do, but then also really doing your due diligence about like what you need to do this well. Um, making sure that it'll work on the devices that you've got, making sure you've got the disk space to do this, um, and so forth. But then spending some time learning more about smart playlists, which, as I say, we barely scratched the surface, um, will make this all so much more sane. Do you know what I mean? You will really, it kind of is like keeping all your receipts in one folder or as I say, keeping all your cutlery in the same drawer, right. you're not going to go crazy wondering where this stuff is. And you're not going to, you know, like I say, it's, it's, you know, if you had 10 different uh, places where you could put trash in your kitchen, you'd have to think a lot more <laughs> about how you throw stuff out. We've got three with compost. But, you know, it's nice to know that this is where this goes. And once I take out that trash, that one bag of trash, I know that the trash is out. I don't have to wonder about it. So can I delete this and still be okay? You know, if you travel, like I say, this is huge. If you're using these multiple devices, it's huge. Up to 10 devices, guys. So, oh, you ready for the killer tip yeah. to sign off with? Okay. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, I think one of the most incredibly maddening things in the Ma- Apple ecosystem, one of several, is the whole Apple ID problem. 
So, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, this, this, this is this is where it gets really. This is where it gets hairy, and I wish John. This is where everything falls apart. I wish he had a show where he could do five parts on the problems with the Apple ID. But basically, as we discovered, um, there's a lot to misunderstand and get wrong about Apple IDs. But I, I basically I have let's have I have this one Apple ID that I had for a long time that I used to buy almost everything. I bought some other stuff with this other Apple ID. My wife bought stuff with her Apple ID. And so, to my it's my understanding though that the for iCloud or for iTunes match to work, it has to have a single ID associated with it. Correct? Like you don't get an option. Do you get an option to put in several different ones? Mm. Maybe on an Apple TV. I don't know of a way to do that on iTunes for the Mac. I, I'm 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 fairly positive that the only way that you can do it with iTunes on a Mac is by using creating a separate whole separate account on the machine. That's what we do. Yeah. We use we use one. So what I'm suggesting is this. You, I, I don't know. You might want to try this out. This works for us. We have one Apple ID that we use just for media. So I have one Apple ID for music, movies, um, books, and so forth. And, and what's cool about that is that's what we'll put on the Apple TV, right? So that's, that's the one that like any of the stuff, the family Apple ID, if you like. So anytime somebody uses that Apple ID to buy something... It, everybody gets access to it. It's great. And so so on the Apple TV, if my wife buys, were to buy some music, that'll be available. But then, of course, you use your own second, you have your second Apple ID, which is like you. This equals you. This is your personal data. This is your, you know, email and contacts and so forth. But I think the crazy making part and the part that Apple could do a lot to make easier to understand is that you, like you wouldn't want to give everybody in your family your Apple ID to, to do the media stuff. I don't know of another solution um, and I, and to be honest, I don't know what to do if you've already bought a third of your music with this account, a third of your music with yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's the the frustrating part. I mean, can you go in and merge those? Is there? I don't is think there, there is. No, we can that's ask Jim bananas. this. Jim has like the inside uh, skinny on some of the secrets. Well, like, if you could if you could start it all over, which you probably can't. That's I'm really glad we did it. Did that system. Um, I think it's really confusing the way Apple IDs work, but that's one way to save your sanity. And that way, if I buy a book, my wife can get the book. If we buy a movie on the Apple TV, I got to be honest, I, I mostly buy movies on the Apple TV now because I don't want to download it. Oh, me too. If I buy it on my computer, it's going to be on my computer. I don't want it there. Um, and so I don't, I think that's probably enough for this week. This stuff is totally it's doable. It's a lot of and cool stuff though. The smart playlist stuff is is great. We'll talk more, like I say, next week, we'll talk more about smart playlists and how to maybe how to put them in place. Um, to do cool stuff, but I, I do also want to talk about metadata. I want to talk about like why you can do this without becoming totally obsessed, but why ta- not tagging, but why putting the right metadata on the stuff that matters to you can make a huge difference. Uh, it certainly is a much more satisfying aesthetic experience. Uh, I bet you at least one of you right now, if you go to your Beatles page or your Rolling Stones page or your Black Eyed Peas page or whatever you got in iTunes, you're going to see this jumble of stuff. Like, you ever get this? You ever get, oh, this... This has eight of ten tracks on it under this album, and then two of the ten tracks in this album. That makes me want to shoot myself. I don't know why that's happening. I don't know what piece of metadata is not matching. Well, next week we will introduce you to Music Brains and their app Picard, which can help you fix the metadata, standardize it based on your preferences. Stop using blues as the genre for everything. You know, prefer the nineteen, prefer the original release of this to the latest release. All the stuff that drives you bananas right now it's going to make it so much more fun to use um and we'll talk about some apps that can help you find duplicates i also have one of those for iphoto that i like a lot 
But it'll be more of this, uh, you know, annoying nerd stuff. Can't Smart wait. playlist, Dan. Smart playlist. That's what it's all about, apparently. That's, That's a long one. Doing. That is a long one. <clears throat> you know what? That, I mean, that was a record show, I think. Mm, sorry. It's too bad it's not vigil. Vigil? Vigil. vigil. Hmm. It's those little tiny knives. All right, you want to button this up? Um, yeah, all right. Dan, did you have any questions about iTunes Match? How do I playlist? turn off the brush metal? Oh, I thought you meant uh, in iTunes in general. I'm sorry. No, I don't. I would go to Cocktail or Onyx. If you're ready to start screwing up your stuff really good like I do. People like Gruber, you know that group, Gruber, he's, he, lost, he lost his pair a long time ago. He doesn't do this stuff. What I would do is go, I, I like Onyx and I like Cocktail. These are both also really good for doing like the regular maintenance and disc repair that you might want to do. Okay. But there's also a place where you can go in, you can do crazy stuff with your dock. Do you use a Cocktail? Um, I have used it in the past. I'm looking to see if it's, in, it is not installed on this. You probably need to Mac. update it. You almost certainly need to update it, but do use, it's one of the things like Applejack where you want to keep it as updated as you can. Um, do you use Applejack? I don't, I've never heard of that one. Applejack? Uh, one install word? This, yeah, yeah. You install this thing and when you start up in single user mode, you know, usually you can just F-S-C-K-F-Y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so late. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you type in Applejack. And then it can run through, if you do like Applejack Auto, it will do disk repairs, it will clean caches, it will do... You're what they call a a catch, Merlin. I'm what's called a power user. Yeah. Who's never having intercourse. Applejack.sourceforge.net, is that the one? Boom. I don't know if it's been updated lately. I'm only using it on my ancient... What about secrets? Have you used secrets? Shh, secrets. Um... That's uh, Nicholas's thing for preferences, right? Yeah, secrets.blacktree.com. I'll put that in the show notes too. And by the Quicksilver guy. Um, wow. Not, not a good reason to hate it. But. Sexy, sexy, sexy show. <clears throat> yeah, this is what the women tune in for. The women hmm. listeners. Pronounce woman. Cut right. that out. Okay, I love you, Dan. Love you too, Merlin, man.